0: Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for asking, Rich. <laughs> let's see one person here. <laughs> How are you guys doing today, okay? All right. Hey, let's open our Bibles. First Timothy chapter one. Pick it up where we left off, left off. And the question of the day is: can God use you or me? That's the question of the day. You know, it's always a question, isn't it? I think it is. It is for me anyways. And I think, why is that? Why is it a question? Why would it be a question? I think the first reason that comes to my mind is because we know ourselves. That's why. Wouldn't it be better if God used someone else? Have you ever said that? Wouldn't it be better if God used someone who's smarter, smarter, or wiser or younger or older or more good looking I don't have that problem You're supposed to say oh. You're supposed to like not agree with me on that one Someone who's more healthy or someone who has more money or someone who is just better suited someone who's more humble Another one I can. Someone who's more holy, maybe, than you think you are. It's always, you know, somewhere else. Moses had this discussion with God, didn't he? And you can read about it in Exodus chapter three. Like, you know, I don't think I can do that. God had a plan for his life, and he said, "I don't think I." No, you got the wrong guy. And at one point, he said, he said he was polite about it. He said, "Please send someone else." And God got angry with him, actually. Please. He was even polite, but God said, you know what? You're just not really paying attention here. Maybe, maybe the question before that, you know, is, is does God want to use us? That's the question. And, and the scripture says that I, I believe he does. I, I really, truly believe that God does. And that's what it says there, we are God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared prepared in advance for us to do. So he's, he's actually prepared things for you and I to do, that wasn't just for the Apostle Paul, that wasn't just for Moses, that's for every one of us to find what God has prepared in advance for us. So he had planned a long, long time ago for us to find it and actually be a part of it. So can he use us? You know, uh, I was kind of going through this uh, a week or so ago. I wasn't even <clears throat> looking at this message at all, really, in this passage. And I, uh, it was a serious question. And so I, I uh, sent a message to our friend Barbara. Is it okay if I mention your name? And I said, and I was so serious. I said, you know, I just don't know if God can use me. I was, you know, I was like really going through it. And and uh, she, this is her response to me. She said, "Being used, as I tell myself, He used Balaam's donkey, didn't He? Enough said." <laughs> like I got this serious, you know. I had to smile and laugh a little bit, you know, but I had this serious question. I'm going like, hmm. Oh. Thanks Barbara. So, in our study in 1st Timothy, this section we're looking at today, I believe that he has something to say about this question and it's very direct, very clear, I believe when you look at it. So, let's look and read there starting in verse 11. He said Did I say something? He said there in verse 11, uh, that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me, Paul says. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service, even though... Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So some, que- some questions that I'd like to answer today is one is, how does God want to use us? That's a big question we should all a- ask ourselves the, the second one is, is, what does God want from us? What does he want from me? What, do I, what does he want from me? The third is, what does Paul bring to the table? And, and I think that question is, what do you and I bring to the table that we can say, look what I brought? And then the fourth thing is, what does Paul, or excuse me, what does God provide? What does God provide? In verse 11, Going back to uh, the last part of it, he says there that he had this gospel of the blessed God, which God had entrusted to him. He entrusted him with this message to speak, you see. He entrusted him with this message and to speak and to teach with the preaching. And, and when you read in Galatians, it says he was entrusted with the gospel to the Gentiles Peter entrusted with the gospel to the Jews. So it was very specific. He had something that he was called to do. He talks about it in a bunch bunch of different places, that, that he had been given this trust. In Titus, he said, the preaching that was entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. He received this trust, but God was... It was kind of strong. It wasn't like, well, you got these options... Paul, you got these things that you can do if you want, maybe not. He says, no, it's by the command of God that he was given this trust. In 1 Thessalonians 2, he says, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. So we do this, he's got this trust, we do what we do, not to please people around us, but we do it to please the God who calls us, who is the one who's behind it all, you see. Can God use us? Yes. I want you to turn back with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, and, and uh, verse 12 and 13. Philippians 3, <clears throat> back a few books. <clears throat> Verses 12 and 13, he says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining towards what's, what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see what he's saying there? He's saying, I, I, I want to take hold I, I press forward, I, you know, maybe the past wasn't so good, but I'm pressing ahead to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me, Paul said. So for you and I to, you know, how does God want to use us? The question that we're trying to answer here is, is well, God knows. And for Paul, he, he grabbed a hold of him so that he might be this apostle, he might use him in a specific way. But it really, it, it, it's, it's all different ways that God wants to use. We're no, we're, none of us are the same. God gifts us in different ways. God calls us in different ways. And, and so for you and I to really find out, well, God, what is it that you have taken hold of me for? And that which you've taken hold of me for, I want to take a hold of it. I want to get involved in it. I want to press on till I can actually say I'm doing that which you've called me to do. But too often we're just ha- happy to say, "Well, you know what? That's for the other person to do that. That's for the other guy, the other gal, and and I'm just gonna just appreciate and, and just take it all in." But the body, you know, the body is a is a living organism, and the, each part does its does plays its part. Each part is important, right? And so. If, you know, speaking about your own physical body, if your leg just said, you know, I'm just going to just take it easy for a while, I'm not going to participate, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do, how would that affect your life at all? Yeah, you'd be, you know, kind of stumbling around, you know, each part is important. Some are, some are maybe more visible than others, but, you know, your, your liver, your kidneys, Your lungs—they all all play a part, and maybe they're not seen, but they're all playing a part. And when they start to malfunction or not function at all, we got problems. We got serious problems. (laughs) So I want to encourage you in this: How can God, and how does God want to use you? How does God want to use me? And and I think that even changes over our lifetime, over our walk with the Lord. It's not always the same thing forever and ever. We have to continually be yielding and and asking God, because I think. Like what it says up there is God can use us in ways that we never expected. You might be surprised to find how God might want to use you. But it starts, we have to be willing to ask the question, how, God, how do you want to use me? We have to ask the question. 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul says, Timothy, speaking to Timothy, and that's why we're studying these Uh, pastoral epistles because we want to be trained we want to be raised up we want to do what God's called us to do and Paul says to Timothy to guard what has been entrusted to you so first of all you got to know what it is right and then you got to guard it and take care of it and make sure that it's protected whatever God has entrusted you with we could stop right there we could make a whole message about that but really it's very personal between you and God don't just sit on the sidelines the, your whole Christian life. Don't just be you know, up in the bleachers. Get down on the field and see how God wants you to participate. Some of you, uh, you know, you're already participating in a lot of different ways, and, and that's awesome. But there's some of us that are not really participating at all. We all need to get in. We need to get in the game. The second thing there, what does God provide? And uh, <clears throat> look at verse twelve, back in First Timothy chapter one, verse twelve. <clears throat> what does God provide? He says in verse twelve, "I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me what? Strength. Strength. See, what does God provide to? And there's a bunch of things in this passage where not they're not all in the order that I." set him out but in this particular verse he says the Lord has given me strength and the context is to do what God's called him to do I am such a firm believer that if God calls you to do something he'll give you what you need to do what he's called you to do he doesn't just say you know this is what I want you to do and see how, if you can figure it out be resourceful though we need to be resourceful see what you can do you know on your own and then I'll kind of give you a critique afterwards. No, he says, this is what I want you to do, so I'm going to give you the strength and the power to do it. That word strength means enabling. I'm going to enable you to do it. I'm going to empower you to do it. I, you know, I, I've just seen this so many times through the years where I, I just know, what have I, what have I, got? I, I got? I'm weak, I've I'm, got nothing. And you just pray and you just ask God, Lord, I, you know, and then, and then see what God provides he provides you the strength to do what he's called you to do. Always he does. This is a promise that he's going to provide for you. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look ahead right there for a second. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 17. Paul was talking about a difficult period in his life. He, you know, Nobody was standing with him. He says they all deserted him. In verse 16, but, but verse 17, But the Lord, he said, stood at my side, and he gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Wow, you mean, you mean there's going to be difficult things involved in serving the Lord? Well, I didn't sign up for that. I don't really want that part. I want the good part, the easy part where everybody recognizes and says thank you and and all that. But he says, you know, no, everybody actually deserted him. And like, there was a lion. What? He was delivered from the lion's mouth. Which lion is that? Said the enemy goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But he says, the Lord stood at my side. He was right there with me every step of the way. Isn't that what he told Moses. He says, you go. And he says, I will what? Be with you. You go and do what I'm asking you to do. I'll go and I will be with you. I'll, I'll be with you. I'll, and, and Paul, he says, I gave, Paul, Paul says that he gave him strength so that he could do what he, what he was asking him to do. Turn ahead to 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verse 10 and 11. <clears throat> These are some important verses about what we're talking about here today. Um, this kind of refers back to the first point I was making about how does God want to use us. In verse 10, he says, 1 Peter 4, verse 10, Each one should use, get that, use, whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with what? The strength that God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him, be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Each one should use whatever you've been given. And God will provide the strength. He gives the gifts, he gives the strength, and he wants us to use it. Say, well, I don't know what that is. Well, have you asked God? Because I believe He'll show you. He'll show you and me. The next question what does God want from us? And it's found there in the second part of uh, 1 Timothy chapter uh, 1 and verse 12. we we'll turn back there. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that He what? Considered me. Faithful, appointing me to his service. This is really what what God wants from us. He just wants us to be faithful. He just wants us to show up. We say that, and and we've talked about that for years. You know what? We just need to show up and see what God will do. We need to be faithful. We don't bring our great abilities and all those things I mentioned in the beginning. We don't bring our, our, our great skills So God gives skills and he gives abilities and gives all those things. We don't bring all that. We we just show up. We're faithful. We're consistent. We're diligent to serve. It's an opportunity to serve. He says he appointed me to his service, to his being a servant, doing whatever he asks, because he knows what he's doing. I don't know about you, but sometimes like when you when you're work, you're working a job and there's a boss and he's the boss you know wants you to do a certain thing and I don't remember this used to happen to me a lot for some reason where I would say, well I don't know if that's not really you know the best way to do that, boss. And uh, the boss would say, Excuse me? Now, I'm the boss, he'd say, and you, you know, you are working for me, so I want you to do what I'm asking you to do. But I would always think about it and say, I don't know, and and sometimes I would voice it and sometimes I wouldn't. But we need to realize that the Lord is the Lord, and whatever he asks us to do, that's what we should do, and say, okay, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's, I didn't, this is not what I expected. It isn't fitting together the way I fit it together. Uh, I think about the study in Jonah, which we're going to do at, when we get to the end of 1 Timothy. You know, Jonah, you know, God told him to go, and he said, no, I don't think so. And you know what happened to Jonah? And this is a true story. It's a true account. This is not some fable or some myth. Jonah got into some serious issues and ended up in the belly of a big fish, Right? And then he prayed, okay, I'll do it. I'm ready now. I'll do it. So he goes. And the the biggest awakening, the biggest revival in all history, I believe, 120,000 people turn to God. And so Jonah, you'd think anyways, he'd say, man, isn't this awesome? Is that what he did? No, go read Jonah chapter 4. He gets an attitude. He says, Well, that isn't the way I would have done it. The biggest awakening in history that I am aware of. And he says, You know what? That's not really that. No. And he starts sulking and complaining and moaning. Oh, that's Jonah. That's not us. God wants us to be faithful. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to be faithful not bring our great abilities. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, So then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. He gives it to us, and then what's you, what are you and I supposed to do? We're just supposed to be faithful with it. He's going to give us the strength, and we're going to see what else he gives to us. That's what God wants from us, faithfulness. Now the next thing we look at is what did Paul bring to the table? This is kind of an eye-opener, isn't it? Look at verse 13. Even though, he says, I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. That's what Paul brought to the table. That's that's, That's what Paul's background prepared him for serving God. He tried to destroy the church. He threatened the church. He had people thrown in prison, some, you know, put to death. He spoke against Jesus just by his whole uh, plan and purpose. Those that were part of the way, which the way was following Jesus the way. We're going to get rid of those people. We're going to stop this movement. We're going to stop this this thing about this guy, Jesus, this man, Jesus. Say, well, those were Paul's qualifications? whoa, maybe God didn't know about all that, right? Maybe it was a surprise to God. Shouldn't God have you know, picked someone else when you think about it? Now, I don't know what your qualifications are, but, but maybe you're saying, you know, God should have picked someone else to do that, and I, I, I relate to that, I understand that. But again, we're not in charge. We're not the one who makes the choices, the decisions. It's Him, right? And he picked Paul. He said, you're just the guy I want. What? And all through his life, he was, he was saying, wow, this, is, you know, this really doesn't add up, that God would choose me to do this stuff because look what I did. Look who I was. But it, it also shows an incredible thing that God is able to change a life. See, he said he was once a blasphemer. He wasn't anymore. He was once a persecutor. He was once a violent man. God had changed him in such incredible ways that he could say, God has done a work in my life. God has changed me. And I think for you and I to be able to say that as well, yes, he is still changing us. But he's also radically changed us from what we once were. and, And as we have surrendered our lives to him and become born again, it's a brand new life. He's still working on us, right? Philippians says you're going to continue that work until the day. But God worked in Paul's life. He was a changed man. One uh, fellow I was reading about, he talked about uh, this change, and he talked about those before and after pictures that you see on TV. You know, they're usually about some kind of weight loss program or some kind of exercise machine, right? And you see the picture, and then you see the after picture, And those are all touched up. I'm sorry to tell you that. Those are all photoshopped. But, you know, when God takes a life and you see the before and after. I was going to show some on the screen, but, you know, that wouldn't serve any good purpose. When God does a before and after picture for us, that's radical. That is radical. That's that's honest. That's true. And Paul realized it in his own life. Listen, I was those things, but, but, you know, look what it says, what God provided, another thing he gives us strength, but he goes on in that verse, he says, I, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. God provided the mercy and, and this mercy is not getting what we deserve. Paul deserved something different. But he didn't get what he deserved. Now you say, well, he says I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Is he, is he trying to just make an excuse for his behavior? No, it was just the truth. He was ignorant. It's just the truth. He, he was an unbeliever. And God had mercy on him. There's a, different, it's a whole different message about those who, who understand and yet rebel against the Creator as opposed to those who just do not know. It's a whole different story, a whole different message there. But can you not think and remember what Jesus said when he was on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Ignorance. Ignorance. Have you ever done anything ignorant? Give it time. Give it time. He said, not today. I said, give it time. Ignorant, without knowledge, without knowing. Ignorant. I remember, and I've told this story uh, from time to time, you know, when I was a kid and and we went to the church on the corner, little Pentecostal church. It was a house they made into a, a little sanctuary, not big, and we had a whole group of kids there, and, and uh, we thought, you know, we're going to have a lark. You know, we're just going to go in and have some fun. And so we go in the back there, sit in the back, and some of the kids are lighting up cigarettes. You know, they're trying to have a church service, right? Evening church service. And, and uh, ignorant. Talk about Ignorant. Like, I didn't know. Like for us, it was just something fun. It was like, you know, you didn't know. I, it, it, you know, I didn't believe any of that. And neither did the group I was with. But so we went there and we're doing this stuff. And I don't, I still to this day don't know how this happened. Uh, probably ignorance. But somehow they got us up to the front. And somehow they got us down and they started praying for us. I honestly, I don't know how that happened. How did we get up to the front? I don't know. I, I I can't. That's a long time ago. I can't remember what happened yesterday. But I, re, I still remember they you know they had their hands on us. They were praying for us. They were going at it like 95 miles an hour. And sometimes I wonder if if those prayers of those people for us had an impact and effect in our lives. I believe it did. I don't know any of those people that were there. I could never find them. There's no; way, It's impossible to find people that were there back then. But the ignorance is what I was trying to describe. Do things out of ignorance. Paul, Paul thought he was serving God, as a matter of fact, right? Persecuting all the, the believers of the way. Finally, verse 14, he says, He was ignorant and he was unbelieving, but what did God do? What did God provide? He said, the grace, verse 14, of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. He poured out strength. He poured out mercy. And now he says he also gives us, by the way, he also gives us grace, getting what we don't deserve. He also gives us faith. He also gives us love. He gives us all the things that we need, which leaves us really with no excuse. Why can't you serve God? Well, I don't have enough grace. Oh, really? I don't have enough faith. Oh, really? I don't have any love. Uh Uh-huh. I'm weak. I don't have enough strength. Okay. You know, I've been a bad person. Oh, really? Okay. You can uh, have a pass. Just sit on the sidelines and watch. Is that what God says? That's not what God said to Paul here in Timothy. He said, you know what? I've got strength if you're weak. I've got mercy for all that you've ever done. I've got grace. I've got faith. I've got love. I've got got everything that you would possibly need. So what is your excuse again? Same with Moses. Please send someone else. Moses says to the Lord, we've got no excuse. So, how does God want to use us? He uses us in all different ways. And, and again, the challenge for you and I is to say, God, how do you want to use me? What have you taken hold of my life for? And, and I, again, I said earlier, I believe that changes over time. And, and we have to continually ask God because we get stuck in a rut. And do things by rote. I read this somewhere. I can't remember where I read it. You do things by rote where you're just doing these things over and over again. And then it turns into a rut. And then that turns into rot. That's interesting. Think about that. I think there's a freshness that that we need to always be asking, God, how do you want me to serve? Is there some new thing, some new way? Well, no, I just do this and this is all I do. I don't do anything else. Really? What does God want from you and from me? He wants us just to be faithful. Just to be faithful. That's all he wants. What do we bring to the table? What did Paul bring to the table? Not a lot. Nothing that's really that great. If you say, well, I did bring, uh, you know, this and this and this to the table, he says, (laughs) he kind of, I think, chuckles and says, you know what? When you're ready to get rid of that attitude, then I'll be able to use you even more. I saw a little picture, you know that the egg really can't be used until it's broken. What does God provide? He provides strength, He provides mercy and grace and faith and love. Can God use you or me? I think He can. Yes, the answer is. But I like this picture. It's an attitude of our hearts where we have our hands open. Use me. That's just an attitude. That's a, that's a heart cry. That's a prayer. That's a heart that's surrendered and humbled before God. Let's pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for Paul the Apostle, what you did in his life. and He was far from perfect, and yet you, you put, a, put your hand upon him and you poured out all these things into his life and used him. It wasn't easy. We know that. He wrote about that. But Lord, I, I I want to think about us today, not just the Apostle Paul way back. I want to think about us today. Lord, we have challenges ahead of us. We have opportunities before us, and we have ways, perhaps, that we can do something for the kingdom, do something to serve you in this life that, that would that would make our life more uh, fruitful and meaningful than just chasing the nine to five dollars. Father, show us, I pray. May our hearts be willing to be willing to hear what you would say to us. Father, I pray you'd mobilize us as an army, as just a, one of the sections of your, of your army as we serve you in the, in, in the army of God. Father, I thank you that, that we have a, a message this, that Paul had. We have the same message, the glorious gospel that Jesus died for our sins, that he rose from the dead and that we trust him and we follow him because of all that he's done and we receive that new life, that change that comes into our lives. And maybe today, Lord, there's someone here that's never received that change. Maybe somebody, maybe one of you here today as we're praying that you want to simply surrender to Jesus. Say, well, I, I want a new life. I want that hope and help that comes through Jesus. And if that's you, you, you can simply do it today. I want to give you that opportunity right here and right now to say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I, I, I got nothing to bring. And so I come and I, I just want to receive from you. I want you in my life. So please come in. Please show me. Please help me today. Father, thank you for this beautiful day that we have. May our hearts be warmed and, and touched in following you, serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing, shall we?